him to a person who will, who will change him on the inside out. And so maybe even here this morning as you've come, uh, you're looking at yourself and saying, ah, it's, maybe Jesus is worthy, but I'm not worthy. But the whole point of Easter and the whole point of, of Jesus coming is to take all of us who are, who are messed up in a variety of different ways. Sometimes so overtly people can recognize it uh, so visibly and other times just on the inside that Jesus changes lives. And so as we think about this more, that, that, that's what we're going to be talking about and, and our part in it. You, you see, Jesus could do whatever he wants to do all by himself, but God desires for us to know him and then to serve him. And, and so as we think about Palm Sunday, Palm Sunday was a Sunday in which the crowds came. And as, as uh, Brandon and I were uh, talking right before the service, and in fact, if you really want to pray for Ben, the biggest thing you can pray for Ben is that right now Ben is... Uh, it, his roommate is Brandon, so he needs a lot of prayer because of that. But it, it, as we're thinking about Palm Sunday, Palm Sunday is, you could also name it Hypocritical Sunday, right? Because the crowds went wild for Jesus. Hosanna, save us and save us now. They were throwing clothes as well as the palm branches down, proclaiming him to be the king. And then it was just a week later, less than a week later, it was crucified. So, so it doesn't matter how, how religious someone is, how, how much uh, it appears on the outside, they really know God. It's all about, do you, do you really know God on the inside? And the way that happens, even as we hear from Ben, it begins with talking to God. And usually, the first time you've talked to God, it's usually true that somebody else has talked to God about you. So let, let, let's pray one more time, and then in a variety of different ways. Uh, and we're, we've had a lot of analysis this morning because a lot of things are happening. And I'm going to even share a few other things in the midst of what we're doing as we, as we again, challenge you in our prayer emphasis. And, and, um, and, and, in fact, I know I'm going to forget this. But on Easter Sunday, we're going to have the, the waters of baptism already filled back behind me. And if you've never been baptized to demonstrate your faith in a public way, or you bring someone uh, next Sunday and they come to know Jesus and they want to identify right then and there who, who they serve and who they believe in, uh, on Sunday, after the first service and after the second service, we'll have baptisms for anyone who would like just to profess their faith in a public way. It, it doesn't save them, but it just shows to people they're unashamed to follow Jesus. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Uh, Father, it's been a great uh, time already just uh, praising your name and proclaiming how worthy you are and to reflect on, on a life change, to, to celebrate uh, ministry uh, together with Megan and to uh, think about opportunities this week to remember you even as we gather together on Thursday to, to uh, look at that first institution of the Lord's Supper and remembering uh, that his body was going to be broken for us and his blood was going to be poured out. Uh, Father, help us to be a people prepared uh, for Easter. And as Palm Sunday could have been that, that Sunday in which the people were prepared, uh, might we take this Sunday and make it just that one next step for us to walk with Jesus. And we ask this in Christ's name. Amen. If you notice in your outline, we really don't have a traditional um, sermon notes for you to fill in and to, to take notes with. We, we have a larger brochure, which I'm going to talk about in a moment. But if you want to take some notes, you can go to the back of that. Uh, where we have some prayer readings for you or some biblical reason, readings for you, and I hope, hope to explain that a little bit later. Uh, but what I want to talk about this, this Sunday, and I guess you could say this particular Sunday is brought to you by the letter P. It's Palm Sunday, but it's also Prayer Sunday. And it's also not only Palm Sunday and Prayer Sunday, it's Prepare Sunday. Prepare us for Easter. And so the points I want to make, that's another P, the points I want to make all relate to us being all that God wants us to be. And so if you have your Bible, turn to a book in the Bible that does not begin with the letter P. Uh, begin, look at uh, Ephesians. We have spent extended 
months actually in this book, and, and we're actually finishing up today, and it's an appropriate time because Paul, at the end of all that he has said, he, he, then, he then says, I, I, I've got to remind you of something that's crucial. And what is so crucial is if you think all about knowing God is knowing some facts about God, you miss it. That we need to understand the truth about God, and that's why God has given us a big book for us to, to mind the depths of who He is. So we, we are not given the freedom to invent our own God, which a lot of people do. They, they put a God, they, they think that we weren't created in God's image, that we're going to make God in our image. And so we, we invent our God. And, and so this book says, oh, this, this is who God is, and this is how you can know Him, know the, who He is, but also you can talk to Him. So this morning, I will entitle the message, Talking to God, but really what it is, is points about prayer. And if you've been with us over the last number of weeks, you realize that for everyone who is a Christ follower or who is even considering being a Christ follower, you need to, you need to understand it's going to be awesome, but it's not going to be what? It's not going to be easy. And somehow we have a bait and switch. You know, you, you kind of promise one thing and then you give somebody something else. Have you ever had that happen? You know, this won't hurt. You know, you know, it, it, there are often times where we, we kind of promise that which God does not promise. It, it will be an awesome life. Jesus put it this way. He didn't use the word awesome, but he said, I've, I came to give you life and life more abundantly. Uh, but he didn't say it was going to be easy. In fact, he said, you're going to have to deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow me. And, and Paul, at, at the end of a book in which he, he went over and over and over again, the riches we have in Christ. And if you're a Christ follower, you, you, are, you are rich beyond your imagination. You've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. You've been, you've been adopted. You've been predetermined to be a follower of His. You are part of God's beloved. You have the promises of God. You have the presence of God. You, you, you have the ability to, to pray to God. But as you, as you think about that, it, there's going to be a battle. And, and that's why he, he told you, told us to put on the armor of God. And not just part of the armor, but the whole armor of God. And as we only spent a couple Sundays on that, you could put a, a Sunday to each piece of the armor. There's something kind of remarkably profound about a simple ob observation about putting on the armor of God. That as you look at the person who is armored, uh, there is no armor for the, the back end. You notice that? There isn't a breastplate for the back. There isn't a shield that is put toward the back. And, and the reason is because if we're retreating in our Christian life, that's when we're going to get the most pain. That's when we're going to be defeated the most. And so we need to be on the offensive as we realize that we need to be protected and have a good defense. We mentioned, in fact, in every bulletin, we have a, a card for inviting uh, someone to the Easter services. But actually, in the back tables, we have hundreds of them. And really, what I want to do is I want to unleash all the soldiers here. And I want to challenge you to take at least 10 or 20 of them. Now, I would, I would just guess that Every one of you live next to some other homes around you? Probably at least 10 or 20. In our cul-de-sac, there's about 100. So on Friday morning, Alice and I went around, and we, 
We, we put them on every doorstep except Brian's because I figured Brian was going to come here on Sunday, so I didn't take the car. All right. So we went around and, and put them on every doorstep. Okay? And I, w- I would like all of our cards to be gone today, not just the one in your bulletin, but to grab 10 or 20 and just say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put around the, neighbor- the, the homes around my neighborhood. Now, that is, that is easy to do. Let me tell you, it's so easy. And if you want to go at a time where you don't think they'll be there and they won't even talk to you. But anyway, no, you don't have to do it that way. But, it, but the other ones I want you to do is, is just find some people that you can personally invite. Uh, you know, this week I had an opportunity just to, to talk to some of my friends. And you, you want to do this, Pastor Mike, have any friends? But anyway, I had some friends. And I said, hey, I'd like you to come to our Easter services. And I had a chance last week and this week to do the same. So make it a challenge to put on the full armor of God for the purpose of, of being out there doing something to identify with Jesus and to invite people. So whether it's taking some, some cards to pass out at work or at school and, and in your classroom, students, do you, do you have anybody at school? Do you have anybody around you? you? You can pass them out to students at school. You can pass them out at people at work. You can pass them out in, in your in your cul-de-sac or your, your neighborhood. You can pass them out to your friends and to your family. But let's be the church of God and be inviters. Uh, we, we can't guarantee people will, will, will come, but they probably will not come unless they are invited. Now, the other part of it is, is we think about inviting people. We want to be praying for people. And we talk about that all the time. If you're going to talk to people about God, talk to God about people first. And it's interesting, as, as Paul concludes the, the spiritual warfare, being out there, being a representative of, of, of God's, he, he then turns to prayer. And, and so if you, have, you ever have your out, if you have your Bibles, look at Ephesians chapter 6. And I, I know I'm going to miss this, so I, I want to make this statement now. We have an article here on Financial Peace University. And the reason we put this in there, because one of the words has the letter P. It says peace on it. Okay. We, we all want God's peace. The only way you get God's peace is, one, by recognizing he is the author of peace. And he's the one we need to, to pray to to receive his peace. But also it's, it's the idea of putting his principles into practice. And then we'll experience his peace. And so we have some great testimonies on this sheet talking about your opportunity to, to apply God's principles in a very practical part of your life. Uh, so I want you to look at that. The other insert we have in your bulletin is, is our prayer insert. And it's, it's similar to the one we had last week, but a little bit uh, expanded, which gives you some insights on prayer. But as we've challenged you to pray for an hour, and again, you can break that up in 15-minute sections, half-hour sections, uh, one whole hour. And you can do it more than one day if you want. That's why we're, our goal is 200 hours. So means some of us are going to do more than one hour. You can pick whatever time in the day or evening you want to do. But it's just spending time with God. But then praying strategically. And so we, we've got a number of different things in here that give you specific things you can pray about. And so I encourage you to take this home. And we don't have a personal time with God insert here, but we do have a prayer reading for the week. And it begins today. Uh, this, is, this is what's called, considered Passion Week. And Passion Week, uh, you can look at it in any of the, one of the four Gospels. But I, I want to challenge you to read John 13 today. John 14 on Monday, John 15 on Tuesday, John 16 on Wednesday, John 17 on Thursday. What should you pray on Friday? John 18. You are such a brilliant group. All right. So I, I, want, you, I want you to read God's Word chapter a day, which will be the last week in the life of Jesus. You know, most of the Gospels are spent 
spending that, talking about that last week of Jesus. So if you can prepare your hearts for, for Easter, you want, you want to be reading about it and all that led up to it. But, but what, is it, what is it that God wants us to know about prayer? Prayer is, I know in my life, I, I, have, I have probably talked as much about prayer as, as I have prayed. You know, preachers do that. You know, we, we, we have a tendency to talk a lot. And prayer often, if you've been in services sometimes where there's prayer, sometimes there's more time spent giving prayer requests than actually praying or, or whatever it might be. And so, so we, we really struggle actually doing what we know we all ought to do. And so this morning, I, I want to give us some simple points about what, what God says about prayer that should hopefully maybe free us to be people who, who pray more as a lifestyle rather than just a challenge. So this morning I want to talk about talking with God, which is simply what prayer is. And then I want to make some very simple points. Now, if you struggle with reading God's Word and getting anything out of it, you're probably reading too fast. And when you're reading, maybe you're not engaging your mind. Let's just be honest. If you're not thinking while you're reading, you'll get absolutely nothing. But then you're like, well, how do I think when I read the Bible? Well, it's simply as, as this. You need to ask questions of this book. And then you might be thinking, well, what kind of questions should I ask? Well, really, there's only six type of questions you can ask of anything. It's, it's the who, what, when, where, why, and how questions. And so as I looked at this passage that we're going to see this morning, there's a few verses. We're going to ask all those questions. Who, what, when, where, why, and how. Not in that order, but we're going to see how God wants us, through the, the writing of the Apostle Paul, to understand what prayer is. And prayer is that which engages us with the living God. It, it, it's that which energizes us. As Robert Lawson, I think uh, he wrote this, he said, you know, prayer is not so much getting our will done in heaven, but it's God's will done here on earth. It's not twisting God's arm to do what we want, but it's, it's relinquishing our heart to that point where we do what He wants. And so as we think about prayer this morning, we're just going to see what, what God says. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 18, and we'll, we'll go for a few verses and then kind of close with the specific thing to pray about. Uh, in verse 17, he actually says, it's the end of the spiritual warfare put on the armor of god he says and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of god and without even taking a breath and that's usually how paul wrote kind of how i kind of speak sometimes just like he's just non-stop you can't stop he says without a period praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints and for me, that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. In those three or four verses, we really have God answering the questions about prayer that hopefully are ones that we really need to have answered if we're going to have a successful prayer life, and we're going to be able to be prepared for spiritual battle, and we're going to be prepared for Easter this week. So let's look at it this morning, just briefly. First question, when? When should I pray? And he answers that question pretty simply in verse 18. He says, praying what? Always. Now you're thinking, praying always, all the time? I can't do that. 
I've got other things to, to do. Well, he, he's obviously not saying in the middle of a conversation with someone else, you're kind of like having a split personality, and you're talking to that person, and you're talking to God at the same time. But what he's saying is that you are always ready and acknowledging God in all that you do. You are just a millisecond away from throwing up a prayer to God. You're just, you're just connected. You are, you are bringing God into everything that you do. You are conversing with Him. You're just bringing Him into your day, into your relationships, into your activities. And when we do that, it's just, we just recognize the presence of God constantly. Many of us are familiar with that passage in 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, which says, a praying without ceasing. That's kind of the same idea. When should you pray? Well, always. In a sense, you should, you should never stop. Now, we've, we've talked about prayer in the past. And, and they're basically, there are long prayers and there are what kind of prayers? Short prayers. I mean, there are times where you'll have extended time where you're just spending extended time with God. And that would be like an hour prayer or a 15-minute breakup prayer. But then throughout the day, you're just talking to him. That praying without ceasing was kind of the picture there was a person with a, with a bow and arrow, and, and the person is like shooting arrows. Well, they, they didn't have automatic arrow shooters back then, you know, or you just put it on automatic and just going out constantly. But a person would take the arrow and they, they would shoot it. Then they'd take the arrow and then they'd shoot it again. And then they'd take the arrow and shoot it again. And, and the target was the need of that moment to, to hit whatever animal you were hunting or any enemy that you were facing. And, and see, that's what God wants us to do. He, is that whatever we're facing, whether it be a prayer of thanksgiving or whether it be a prayer of need, is that we're always ready with that arrow to, to, to pull it back and, and send it up to heaven. And, and so when should we pray? We, we, we should just pray always. And, and let me just tell you this. There is no perfect um, posture when you pray. And the reason we know that is throughout the Scripture, there's all types of ways people pray. Some people are praying when they're kneeling. Some people are praying when they're standing. Some people are praying when they're lying down. Some people are praying when they're walking. Some people are praying with their hands folded. And some people are praying with their hands raised up. Some people are praying with their eyes closed. And some people are praying with their eyes open. And when you're praying while you're driving, I would encourage you to pray with your eyes open. I mean, you can, you can just talk to God constantly. You can have intense times of, of conversation with him, and you can have casual times of conversation with him. And let's be honest, isn't that how we relate with people? I mean, there are times where it's just, it's really intense when you're talking with people. And other times, it's just, it's just relaxed conversation. And so as, as Paul is, is telling them to be prepared for life, which will include spiritual battle, which will concern, con, uh, can uh, involve with needs that God wants us to be involved in meeting, he says, oh, by the way, just, just pray always. Be always prepared to send up a prayer to God. So when should we pray? We ought to pray always. All right. Secondly, what types of prayer should you pray? He goes on this. He says, with all prayer and supplication of the Spirit. Well, many people are intimidated about praying out loud. Some of you will say, I just don't like to pray out loud. And the reason you don't like to pray out loud is because you don't think you pray very well out loud. And some, you've heard some people pray out loud and they are just so eloquent and they're so uh, just, I mean, you feel like, you know, intimidated. But look at it. it it's, it's not about how 
the language that comes out of your mouth, it's, it's the picture of your heart. And as we think about what types of prayer, there are all kinds of prayer. There's, in fact, the two words here, the word for prayer is a word that kind of general prayers, and the word for supplication is much more specific. If you go to First Timothy chapter 2, it talks about that there's, there's types of prayer that are intercessory prayers, and there, there are prayers of thanksgiving or praise. It basically, just, you just talk to God about all kinds of things. Sometimes you're praying specifically to ask him to meet a need that's in your life. That's kind of the prayer of supplication. God, I'm, I'm, I'm hurting here. I, I, I desperately need you to give me guidance or strength. But there's also the prayer of intercession, which is praying for other people. And really, that's a lot of the emphasis in Scripture, is that we need to spend more time praying for others than we do ourselves. And, and if we all did that, that, then we would all be covered, wouldn't we? If I'm praying for you and you're doing your part, you're probably praying for, for me. And that's one of the reasons we break the church into small groups because then in, you know, intensely and intentionally people know each other and they pray for each other. But basically, as you think about prayers, again, pray all types of prayers. Short prayers, long prayers, prayer, silent prayers, out loud prayers. Just be prepared to pray in any way. Next, you know, on, on, at Easter Sunday, we say, well, who's going to say grace? Everybody's hand ought to go up, Okay. Is that I'm ready to pray. And, well, we'll just. <laughs> um, secondly, where should I pray? And I'm going to kind of push this one a little bit. He says, praying always. That's when should we pray? Uh, always. Uh, with all prayer and supplication. That's what types of prayer, all types of prayers. Uh, where should we pray? In the Spirit. That's where we ought to pray. Now, let me just turn to one passage. Ooh, we only got 10 minutes. All right, turn to Romans chapter 8. I'm not speaking too fast, right? Because I'm, I'm not going to cry today, so we get more time, so we're, we're doing fine. Okay, Romans 8, uh, 28. No, 26 and 27. Uh, Paul writes this, Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. And so what are our weaknesses? Well, the weaknesses, we don't, we're, not, we're not very good prayers. I, I'll raise my hand. I, I wish I was so much better at praying. Uh, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. You know, sometimes I'm just confused when I go to prayer. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So where should we pray? We ought to pray as, as the Spirit leads us. But even more so, well, how does he lead us? He, he, he leads us to pray things that God would want us to pray about. And what would God want us to pray about? Things are according to his will. And let me just throw out some freebies here. When I'm praying for someone's salvation, I don't have to question my mind whether that's in the will of God, right? Because God desires that none should perish, but all should come to repentance. So when I'm praying for someone's salvation, I know it's according to the will of God. When I'm, when I'm asking for someone to, to uh, be obedient to God, you know, and just find um, them... Uh, being committed to God's word. I, I don't have to worry about whether that's according to God's prayer, God's will. I, I know God wants his people to be committed to God's word. When I pray, you know, just asking God to take people and, and give them a heart of service, I, I, don't have to, I don't have to wonder whether that's according to God's will. 
When I, when I, want, when I pray for people, that, that, uh, particularly marriages, and I want the husband and the wife to, to, to love each other and, and make that relationship special and committed, I, I don't have to wonder whether that's according to God's will. God wants us to know where to pray. It's, it's in his will. It, it's in his spirit. Now, obviously, the, the question is we wonder, well, okay, that's, that sounds a little spiritual. How about locations? Well, obviously, the location is anywhere. In Matthew chapter 6, uh, th- there were those who actually were on the opposite side of not wanting to pray in public. Everyone, uh, all the religious people wanted to pray in public because they thought that impressed other people. I said, will you stop doing that? Just go in your closet and pray. Now, he wasn't saying that we should only pray in a closet, our own little room. What he was saying is, when you pray, recognize who you're talking to. It's, it's not about who's listening around you. Uh, yesterday, I, uh, I was with, with a guy that I had just gotten to know and meet and, and kind of connecting to. And I don't know what, it just came to my mind right as we were leaving. I found out he's a Christian. And I, it was right in a parking lot. I said, well, what can I pray for you about? I mean, right in a parking lot at Albertsons. You can pray with anybody at any time. Points about prayer, talking with God. When should we pray? Always. <laughs> what ki- types of prayers? All types of prayers. God delights to hear our praise and thanksgiving, as well as our praying for people, as well as praying for our own needs. Where should we pray? In the spirit, in the, in the center of God's will, at any location. Fourthly, how should you pray? He goes on after he says in the spirit, and he says, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. But the key ideas I want to hear first is being watchful with all perseverance. How should we pray? Alertly and faithfully. Are are there people in your lives that, that when you really want somebody to pray, you know who actually prays? that you know they will consistently and regularly lift you up? And I guess the other question is, are you that kind of person? And, and I, I, I wish I was much more uh, the prayer warrior, if you've been around Christian you know, culture, they talk about that, than I am. And, and I will create things that, to make me have specific times where I pray more consistently and faithfully, and even like this week when the hour of prayer. And, Right after this service, you can pick, if some of you have already picked up a card, you can pick up an additional card, just take one of those prayer cards and say, I'm going to pray for an hour or an additional hour this week. Use this prayer guide. But our prayer time ought to be so intentionally planned that people could, could say and God could say, this, this is a faithful prayer. He, he takes the, the big needs of God, the big desires of God, and brings them to him. And, and some of us wonder, well, if God, <laughs> if God knows my heart and you know, he doesn't forget what I say to him, why do I have to pray for anything more than once? And if you want to look at a very strange parable Jesus told about being faithful in prayer, look at Luke chapter 18 this, this week. And I, I wonder, why, why would God want me to pester him? Most of us don't like people nagging us. Okay? Aren't we just nagging God when we say the same thing over and over and over again? 
I, I, I don't think God takes that as nagging. I think he takes that. That's a test to see, do you really want this to happen? Is this, is this your real heart's desire, or is this just a superficial request? What is consuming you that you desire it so much for God's purposes, God's glory, that you're praying for it? How should we pray? Alertly and faithfully, watchfully, with perseverance. You know, in the second service, um, I use this analogy. For those who have been in the church for any length of time, there's, there's this hymn, uh, Sweet Hour Prayer. You ever heard that or sung that? Or, it, it most, most of us, if we, if we were to be really honest, every time we sing that, we make ourselves a liar, right? We, we've never spent an hour, whether we break it up in segments in a day, that just talking with God. And Jesus, when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, he asked them to intercede on his behalf. And w- would you just pray with me? And he, and he comes back. Could you not just pray for an hour so there comes a time where we need to have short prayers we need to have long prayers but we just spend uninterrupted time with god alertly and faithfully when should we pray always what types of prayers should we pray all kinds of prayers where should we pray in the spirit wherever we are how should we pray alertly and faithfully who should we pray for (laughs) he puts it pretty plain here he says be watchful to the end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints we were, I was having a discussion with somebody this week, and we were talking about people who, uh, who at this point in their lives, say they don't believe in God. And, and they say they don't believe in God. In fact, um, they, they are angry at this God they don't believe in, and they will kind of share that rather uh, boldly with you. And you wonder, why, why are you so angry about someone you don't believe in? But the other odd thing about it is, even beyond that, Often, unless, unless they believe in a different God than you are, that, God has, that the evil one has somehow deceived them, when they're going through a difficult time and, and you share, the, could I pray for you? Almost without exception, they will, they will say yes, would you pray for me? Even though they, they, they say they don't believe in God, they, they won't turn down prayer. Because just in case, they know they have a need. And every, every other avenue for relief has been attempted. And, and they're they almost without hope. And just in case that might come from above, they'll accept prayers. So, so in a sense, all of us have an inexhaustive list of people on our prayer list. All our neighbors, all the people we work with, all the people at school, all the people we've ever known, all the people we will know, all the people in the church. You can go through the church directory. Even if you don't know them, just pray for them. Because do they need prayer? And what, what should you pray for them? Pray that they would live according to God's word. Pray that they would be bold in their sharing their faith. Pray that they would be servants. Pray that they would lean upon God. You, there's all kinds of things to pray about you know are according to God's will, even if you don't know them, right? Pray that their marriages will be strong. Pray that they will relate well with their kids, that their kids will relate well with their parents. There's all kinds of things you can pray for. Pray for all the saints. But, but I want to get to one specific thing we ought to pray about. Who should we pray for? Everyone, all the saints, and that not only all the saints, but all the people who aren't saints. Uh, but sixthly, why should we pray? 
A, a, a general thing I would say is, why should we? Because we all need it. We all need prayer because we're in spiritual battle. We are uh, being um, attacked. But uh, it amazes me the request that Paul gives in verse 19. And he, and he says, in the midst of praying for everyone, he says, And for me, pray for me too, that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. Now, that's just fancy language to say this. Paul says, look, you need to pray for me, because sometimes when I have the opportunity to share my faith, I get a little fearful. You know, I, I get frozen at the mouth. I, I know what to say, and, and, and yet I don't say it. Or all, all of a sudden, I, I wonder, well, what will they think about me if I say that? And here Paul asks for prayer that he would be bold in sharing his faith. We ought to be praying that for each one of us every, every week, every day, that we're bold in our faith. I don't mean obnoxious. We all know obnoxious people. We're just talking about people who are excited about their faith, wanting to share, looking for opportunities. And that doesn't mean the person you've already shared with, you, you badger them every day, but you're just looking for opportunities as, as, as they come to, to your experience, that you're, you're eager to share the message of Christ, to be an inviter, to include them in, in, in just uh, your experience with God. And, and, and we need to be asking people to pray for us, not only our areas of weakness, but our areas of strength. I mean... Paul, to me, I mean, how could he ask? I mean, he's bold all the time. But he asked people to pray for him to be bold. So, so what's the point this morning? The, the point is that God wants us to be prepared from Palm Sunday to Easter by praying, by praying for people. The 200 hours of prayer this week is, is not just another program in the church. It's just an avenue by which we, we encourage us to do what we all know we ought to be doing. Now, now if you're here this morning and you don't know the Lord, th- this, is, this is what the Christian life is all about, connecting with the living God, talking about things that really matter. If Jesus is who he claimed to be and did what he did, is there any other greater message to get out? He can, he can take the people who need a second chance, a third chance, a fourth chance, who are going down the wrong path and allow them to be rescued to the point where you don't even recognize them. That's how Ben was. I don't see Ben like that now. I don't mean we're perfect, but you just see lives changed because Christ changes people. Let's pray.